Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to As a Woman, episode 107, AMA. In this episode, I'm talking about anti-mullerian hormone and what you need to know. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition, while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Happy NIAW. National Infertility Awareness Week. I guess happy is the wrong word, but anyways, this is a week where you're going to see your fertility advocates, your fertility physicians, talking about infertility to try to bring more awareness to the topic. This happens every April. It's always a little bit of a busy week, but I really have always viewed one of my goals as helping break the stigma associated with infertility by talking about it by talking about your body, by helping you understand your fertility. And so I always like this week. You can always follow along on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD or the YouTube channel. YouTube has a lot of great shorter content videos with visual that I think is really great for part of this process. But today I want to dive in something I talk about every single day, something that is very misunderstood, and it is AMH. Here's what happens that upsets me the most. You decide you want to check your fertility. Great. I'm a fan. I'm all for it. You order an at-home fertility test or your doctor checks an AMH level for you, either of them, and it comes back low. And suddenly you are faced with this huge fact that you aren't ready for. Sometimes you were looking at freezing your eggs. Sometimes you're not ready to get pregnant. Sometimes you're trying to get pregnant and having a hard time. And finding out your AMH is not normal is very hard. So let's just start by understanding what AMH is, what it is not, and why it's important to those of us in the reproductive field. If you are new here, I like to talk about the ovary as if there's a vault inside. Imagine that when you were born, there was a vault in your ovary, and that's where all your eggs are kept. So at the start of your life, the vault is full. And throughout your life, eggs come out of the vault, and when the vault is empty, you are in menopause. There's not truly a vault. The eggs are just in different, quiet, small states. But this is the best way to help you understand this topic. What is very interesting is that each month, we are constantly losing more than just the one egg that we ovulate. What is happening is eggs are being released from the vault. Each egg grows inside a follicle. We can see follicles on ultrasound. They are small fluid-filled structures, and your AMH level should 1,000% be correlated with an AFC done by a physician, period, the end. But just imagine you have a group of eggs. Each egg is inside a follicle, and they are released from the vault. So you have a group of follicles that comes out of the vault. Now the brain sends out 
follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH. FSH stimulates one egg to grow. It's just enough to get the one egg to grow. As that egg starts growing, it matures and makes estrogen. The follicle gets bigger. That estrogen tells the brain, stop sending out FSH. So the brain and the ovary are BFFs to coordinate this process of just getting the one egg to grow. That egg eventually ovulates. The rest of them die off. Next month, a new group. Okay, so before we knew AMH existed, if you went to the doctor and said you were worried about your fertility, what would they do? They would check an FSH and an estradiol or an E2, that's the ovaries version of estrogen, on cycle day three. So if you've ever heard of getting cycle day three labs or you yourself have gotten them, what you were looking for was was FSH in the normal range brain should be sending out a normal amount of FSH, and the ovaries are not quite yet growing a mature follicle. What we started to see as you got in your latter reproductive years or didn't have as many eggs is that one of two things could happen. The brain could send out a higher dose of FSH because it's working very hard to get an egg to grow because you don't have many, so you would have a high day three FSH. Another thing that could happen that still means not as many eggs as you should, would be a normal FSH, but a very high estrogen. That means that because there aren't many eggs, one of them started growing very early. So it's growing earlier than it should in the cycle. And then when you're in menopause or ovarian failure, which I think is a nicer word than menopause, what happens is the brain is maxing out. It is sending out all the FSH that it has and the ovaries are doing nothing. No estrogen, nothing, nothing. They're in failure. They don't hear the signal. They're not listening to the brain anymore. Their relationship is over. The ovaries out of eggs, not going to respond. That's a hard place to be too. And so checking these day three labs was the original way we would do this in addition to the antral follicle count. What we see as a woman starts to get into those latter reproductive years, the only sign you sometimes have is a change in your period pattern. And the classic change is that because the brain starts sending out more FSH, you recruit an egg faster. So you get a stronger signal of FSH because there's not as many eggs. That dominant follicle, that maturing egg grows faster, ovulates sooner. And so a shortening of your cycle. So if somebody comes to me and says, my cycles used to be 29 to 30 days, but now they've started shortening and they're 24, 25, this is something I want to make sure I'm looking for. Now that cycle shortening doesn't impact your ability to get pregnant because you're still ovulating, you're still able to time intercourse and get pregnant if nothing else is wrong, but certainly it could be a clue that you don't have as much time. And depending on your age and your goals, that may be a very big deal. So that brings us to AMH. The principle with AMH and with antral follicle count, they kind of go hand in hand. Number one, this is not a marker of egg quality, okay? So if you find out you have low ovarian reserve, it doesn't mean all your eggs are crappy. I want you to let that fact go. What it means is that you don't have as many eggs left in the vault. So when the vault is really full, typically when you're younger, more eggs are released from the vault every month. And as you approach ovarian failure and the vault gets emptier, fewer eggs are released every month. 
This is the ovaries way of trying to get everybody to go into menopause around the same time because you don't hear about women with high ovarian reserve going into menopause in their 70s. That's just not what happens. And so if your vault is full, more eggs come out. If your vault is getting empty, fewer eggs come out. So we can evaluate those eggs outside the vault as a surrogate marker for how many are left inside. And that is what we are doing with markers of ovarian reserve, such as AMH. AMH is made from the granulosa cells which surround all of the follicles. So in short, the more eggs you have inside the vault, more eggs are released every month. More follicles have more AMH being made from those granulosa cells. So you have a higher AMH. And when you have fewer follicles come out of the vault, you have less granulosa cells and less AMH. So AMH is one of those markers that can tell us how many eggs are outside the vault. This is why it's gaining popularity because it is a blood test. And if you can do a blood test, it's very easy and accessible. And I love access. Yay to accessibility. But we have to put it in context and it must be given with education. So the nice thing about AMH is it doesn't have to be drawn on a certain cycle day. That's really great. I don't have to wait until you get to day three of your cycle, especially if you have irregular cycles. So the ability to test or to screen for AMH really has allowed us to bring the fertility conversation into the mainstream. So that is wonderful. Now, here are a few very important facts. It sounds very easy to say, I'm going to draw a blood test for AMH. It's going to tell me how many eggs you have left. You must understand what AMH is telling us and what it is not. The first thing is that your AMH is going to change every month. I know that doesn't make sense to us because we think if the vault is full, eggs are removed, it's a linear straight line. But realistically, the human body is beautiful and fascinating. And every month, you're going to have a different amount of eggs released. For example, if I tell you the average number of eggs for your age that would come out of the vault in one month is 20. So that would mean if I go do an antral follicle count, I should see around 20. This would be a young woman who's in her 20s. So a young woman in her 20s, I should see around 20 eggs. Well, it's not going to be 20 every month. The body's not perfect. What we will see is a varying number. 20, 19, 17, 22, 21, 14, 24, 18, 20. Right, the average is going to be 20. And so if I look really close month to month, I'm going to see a different AMH value, up, down, middle, up, down. That's important to understand. As I pull back from that curve, yes, the slope of that line is still going to go down with time, but we're talking about time, years for the average person. So when you get a one-time AMH value, I'm going to draw your blood, send it off in the mail, you're going to get a the result back and it says this is low. I don't know what that means, you guys. I have an idea of what it means. It's giving me some data, but that could be your best month ever and your truth could be lower. That could be your worst month ever and your truth could be higher. We must presume that that value is your very best and that the truth is somewhere lower because we like to practice medicine conservatively. And if I think your reproductive lifespan is shorter than it really is, that is probably advantageous for us growing your family versus thinking we have more time than we really have. And this is why combining that AMH with an antral follicle count 
where the AFC and ultrasound-based determination can be really helpful for us to put in perspective this one-time value. It's also why we can't very well do serial AMHs, meaning, hey, can I come in every three months and get a new AMH and see what it's doing? We're too narrow. We're too zoomed in on the curve, and that won't give us the information that we would hope it would. Now, maybe eventually it will. AMH is still a relatively new test in the reproductive world, meaning when I was first entering the field as a resident into a fellow, we were just starting to routinely check AMH on patients, and there were people who still weren't checking AMH at all. So if you went through fertility treatments 10 years ago, there's a chance this wasn't even something talked about to you. You have no idea what your AMH was. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No line shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperature starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. 
Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. I'm going to talk about three very important things with AMH to wrap up this. Number one, AMH and your goals. Number two, AMH and your natural fertility. And number three, AMH and infertility. Because AMH does matter. I completely believe in checking it. I completely believe in counseling it. And if you have one of those screening tests and you get a low value, do not pass go. Come schedule an appointment with me or any fertility doctor around you so we can counsel you best. And one of the top questions is going to be, what are your goals? If that question confuses you, you can circle back to episode number one called, what is your goal? But when it comes to the fertility doctor you are seeing and your reproductive future, you need somebody who understands what it is you're trying to achieve. And so if nobody is talking about your goals, are you ready for kids? How long have you been trying? When do you want them? How many do you want to have? How spaced apart would you like them to be? Understanding we don't have all those answers, but it really matters to me. If you're 36 with a low AMH and you want one kid and you're trying right now, that's very different than being 38 who wants two kids and not yet starting to try with a low AMH. Very different situations. And I'm a believer in educating you about all options, but I also want to give you This is what you should do to help achieve your goal the best. And without that critical piece of the goal, it is very hard to put this in context. The great news is that we have more reproductive options than ever. So that is wonderful. You can be single and get pregnant. You can use donor sperm. We can do IUIs. We can do IVF. We can freeze eggs to a later age because the freezing technology is better. We can freeze embryos. We can do genetic testing. There are more things we can do. And then when you add in the other reproductive options, if your genetics don't work out, donor egg, donor embryo, we have so many choices. The number one thing I'm going to say when we start talking about goals, genetics don't make a family. I strongly believe genetics do not make a family. A family is who you love and who you've decided to bond with for your life. Now, You can make a lot of choices about how you feel about genetics in a family, but you cannot make the choice for a future yet undefined partner about how they feel. And what I mean by this is if you're running out of eggs and you get counseled and you say, okay, I'm fine not doing anything because if I want to have a kid, I will be fine to use donor eggs or to adopt. And you meet a life partner who does not share that same view. You are either not going to be with that life partner because they want to have children in a different way, or you are not going to have children because the way you thought was okay is not satisfactory to them. And I really think this concept is why egg freezing has become so popular because we're not tying your genetics up to a donor sperm if you're not ready for that or to one partner. We're keeping doors open. And especially as women are starting to get pregnant at later years because they have career aspirations or trying to achieve other things in their life besides just having kids. It's also fine to choose not to have a family. My entire view 
is that this is your life, your one life, your chance to have a family and have it go the way you want. And I'm here to help you understand how your fertility goals play a role. Because when do we just ignore our goals when it comes to anything else? You want to run a marathon? You're just going to ignore it until marathon day? No, you're going to prep and train and understand and learn. If you want to have a family, you want to have a kid, why are we just ignoring it until it's the day you want to have a kid? We should think about our goals, especially as we start getting older. And I'm going to define older as 30 and older. If you're not yet ready to have kids, but you want to, we should start having this conversation. AMH does not impact your natural fertility. And there was a wonderful study done by my fellowship mentor, Ann Steiner, published in JAMA, so one of the best journals that we have, the Journal of the American Medical Association, and it was published in 2017, The Association Between Biomarkers of Ovarian Reserve and Infertility Among Older Women of Reproductive Age. This is very important. What this study did is this was out of her time to conceive population. And this study to me is so important because it contradicted her prelim study. So let's think about that real fast. She started a cohort and she did this at UNC where I was a fellow of women who were age 30 and older. So you know how this says older reproductive age women, 30 to 44. So you had to be 30 to get into the study following their natural fertility. So watching how their period patterns were, checking if they got naturally pregnant, checking hormone levels. And the very first study had 100 women in it, and it showed that a low AMH was associated with infertility, meaning if you had a low AMH, you had a lower chance of getting pregnant naturally and a higher chance of having infertility. That was a very small prelim study published in the Green Journal, also a great journal, that helped her get funding for this huge project. Now, this project, this is the better study. This one had 750 women. So you can find sometimes associations in small groups that do not apply to big populations. And that's why you will hear us as scientists sometimes say, oh, the N was smaller. Oh, that's an N of one. Or that's a very small N. That means number to draw that conclusion. So this is her follow-up study that shows that even with a low AMH, there was no change in fecundability. If you've hung out on the As a Woman podcast before, you know, friends, I love fecundability. This is what all my research and fellowship was in. It was in her cohort time to conceive. And fecundability is the chance, the probability of getting pregnant per month. So it is the most finite measure of natural fertility that we can use. So low AMH, high AMH did not make a difference. So having low ovarian reserve or having high ovarian reserve, as long as you were ovulating, which these women were because they had regular cycles, did not make a difference in you getting pregnant. That makes sense, right? Let's think about this. You have a vault. 20 eggs come out of the vault. One egg ovulates, 19 eggs die. You have a vault. Five eggs come out of the vault. One egg ovulates, four eggs die. Still, one egg is ovulating. Same chance as getting pregnant, as your age-related peers. Does not matter how many eggs are dying off. Does not matter how much time you have. On a month-to-month basis, same chance as your peers based on your age. Now, age is still the number one predictor of success for natural fertility, and it does dramatically go down as you get older. Same cohort, different study, also done by Dr. Steiner, showed this. As you get older, your chance of getting pregnant naturally drops per month. 
If you've never had a child, these numbers are worse than if you have. This is presuming because if you've had a child before, some parts are working, things are happening. But if you've never had a child and you're just starting to try to get pregnant, you're between age 30 to 33, chance of getting pregnant per month, 17 to 19%. You're between 34 to 37, 11 to 12%. You're between 38 to 39, 5% per month. And you're over age 40, you have a 3% per month chance of getting pregnant. I am not saying these numbers to be a Debbie Downer. That study was published in Fertility and Sterility in 2016. I'm just saying this is so if you've never had a child and you're planning on starting at age 38, you understand 38% per month. Your AMH doesn't change that value at all. However, if you want two kids and you're starting at age 38 and you have a low AMH, so you don't have as much time and you have a 5% per month, does the math make sense? I don't have a crystal ball. It may work out fine for you. Your low AMH may be because you were born with a very low number of eggs. Maybe it's been low for a long time and you're not really running out at that rapid of a rate. I don't know. I have to presume the slope of the line will be steep. Here's where AMH strongly impacts my job on a day-to-day basis. The number of eggs that are outside the vault, those are the only eggs I can get with IVF or egg freezing. So if you have a low AMH, I'm not going to get as many eggs as I would somebody who is higher. So if you have more eggs outside the vault, I will get more eggs. If you have fewer eggs outside the vault, I can get fewer eggs. And all of IVF and egg freezing, it is a numbers game. We also know that the quality of those eggs, the reason why those natural fecundability values go down is because you have a higher percentage of genetically abnormal eggs that are not going to fertilize or implant. And so specifically, as you get older, if you have fewer eggs and a larger percentage of them are abnormal, it's going to be harder for me to get the normal embryo and get you pregnant. Not impossible, but harder. How do we overcome a low number? You do multiple cycles, meaning if I need 20 eggs to get to my outcome and I only get five, okay, I can overcome that. I can. Okay, but that means you're going to have to take the five eggs from June and July and August and September. You have to go through four rounds of egg retrievals to get the same outcome your peer can get from one. And that's why we, your fertility doctors, are obsessed with AMH and antral follicle count and your ovarian reserve. Because I'm trying to give you the best idea of your reproductive options, and you must understand that the more eggs you have, the merrier, more the merrier. And the more that you have are better quality, even better. And you must understand that us talking today, you are the youngest you're ever going to be and you have the most eggs you're ever going to have. And so time is of the essence. Having a low AMH does not mean you can't get pregnant or you won't have a family. It does mean we need to understand these values. You can handle anything I or any fertility doctor throws at you As long as we prepare you, if we set the stage appropriately, if we talk about what this means, if we help you understand it, if you know you're probably going to need four egg retrievals to get the outcome you want based on whatever your goal is and however old you are, you can do that. It does take more time and money. Those are hugely important variables, but it's not yet impossible. If we wait until you are older and you don't have any normal eggs left, or we wait until your vault is empty, 
and we can't get your ovaries to respond, then it does become impossible. Everybody does reach a point where we are not able to get the ovary to respond to medications to stimulate. Because your natural FSH is so high, I can't give you any extra FSH and get anything to respond. The ovary is already not listening to FSH. So everyone does reach that critical point where we can't get the ovaries to respond to stimulation. And your ovarian reserve is so low that we now consider you an ovarian failure and we're not able to get eggs anymore. Having a low AMH is not terrible. I like to think of AMH in categories. I have normal, above average, low, and critically low. What these low and critically low values are doing, it is fire under your feet. It is time to act. It's time to be honest about your goals, look at all options on the table, and make movement in one way or another. And movement may be closing a door and not doing anything. And movement may be freezing your eggs. It may be freezing embryos. It may be getting pregnant now. It may be doing more aggressive fertility treatments or starting your journey sooner. It doesn't matter to me. It matters to you. It matters a lot to you. And I'm here so that you know where you are. So the take-home message, low AMH does not change your natural fertility, but it does mean that you likely have less time and you'll go into ovarian failure sooner. It also means that with our best fertility treatments, we're not going to get as many eggs per cycle. So we need to come in being aggressive with our approach and understanding how many cycles we may need or getting started sooner in order to get the outcome that we want. Understanding your goals is critical. Having a fertility doctor and a team who sees these goals with you and is giving you choices along the way, also critical. Last little piece of advice is if you have low ovarian reserve, please ask your doctor or your team about your protocol. There's different protocols, and that means the combination of suppression and stimulation to get those eggs to grow, and you should have a personalized approach. If there's just one protocol that's always done, that's probably not the best one for you because you're not everybody. You're you, and you have a low ovarian reserve. So even though you don't have to understand the nitty-gritty details about it, please make sure that your team is thinking about you individually and ask why they're making the choices that they are making. We love those questions. Thanks so much, friends. Share. Pay attention to Instagram this week and YouTube. There's going to be lots of great content coming your way.